Hey, John, how are you this week? Hey, Ellen, I'm doing well, and hopefully you're re- recovered and doing well. I am recovered, and um, the health department has said I can uh, put a mask on and go outside. So, yeah, everything's good. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I saw that the FDIC uh, issued a consent order for a bank, Park Bank in Sewell, New Jersey. I looked them up. I didn't know the bank. They're about one point nine. A billion, and this was um, a pretty detailed consent order. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. In part because the FDIC, I guess they packaged a number of their enforcement and consent orders, and so this was one that, uh, like you, jumped out at me. And I, I think, as we always talk about, it's so important for the AML uh, profession to look at enforcement actions of any kind, because uh, thematically, there's always some value there. So even if you're a large institution and you're not the size of this bank, looking at what the FDIC identified and isolated as problems, I think it's always important to do this and sort of map it to your institution. And a couple things jumped out at me, and they're, they're sort of basic to our understanding of what's important to a program. And that is that uh, they talked about board supervision and management. So obviously sort of the culture of compliance, if you will, to make sure that the board has to improve its supervision and direction of the program. So would lead you to believe that that perhaps wasn't the case before, at least not strongly uh, done. Um, and then on programs, making sure that uh, the bank reviews its compliance policies and procedures and improves those. So I, I thought, you know, those are some of the elements there. I thought those sorts of things are always important to to continue to emphasize with whatever institution you represent, that these are things that the agencies are looking at to see if there are gaps, right? Yes. Um, this this order in many ways read like a, um, a blueprint for an effective program, you know, right. uh, um, effective risk assessment, effective internal controls, you know, monitoring um, uh, resources, BSA officer. Um, there's a look back in this order. It's only to January first uh, of night 2019, so it's not a um, one of the more longitudinal ones, but still a look back. So there's uh, clearly there was some uh, challenges, and then you know, independent testing, which is of course uh, um, a pillar. Um, resources. Um, I think we're seeing the more recent orders be much more specific that in addition to just having an effective and uh, qualified BSA officer that you're also looking here, it talks about appropriate resources, monetary, physical, and personnel. So, uh, you know, whether that's systems or staffing or just uh, uh, budgetary support. Right. And you know what I would add to that too, in terms of the designated officer, something that sometimes gets lost. They said not only did it have to be uh, acceptable to the FDIC and the New Jersey Department of um, Banking and Insurance, but it had to have the qualifications and then sufficient delegated authority. So that's always something that we tell BSA uh, professionals. If you're going to take a job, make sure you have the appropriate authority to be an effective AML officer. And this obviously confirms that. Yeah. Uh, there was also a piece in here about uh, adequate documentation for decisions on uh, filing SARS. So, you know, as I said, pretty much a blueprint for the 
the, you know, the things that you uh, should be um, always checking to uh, that your program has um, uh, these elements. Uh, nothing shocking in here other than it's, you know, we're still seeing orders like this here at the end of 2020. This is a bank that grew pretty quickly. Right. Uh, they were at the end of 18, I think their footings were about a, a billion five. So that's pretty sporty growth, uh, which is good. Uh, but you have to keep your eye on the ball while you're growing. Hey, and the last thing that you, you identify when we talked about this offline, the creation of the director's compliance committee, you saw some unique angles in that requirement. Yeah, so it's not unusual if a, if an organization doesn't have, for example, a risk management committee to require that the board create one uh, for the purposes of managing the response to the order. But here, uh, one of the one of the requirements is that uh, none of the uh, members of the committee can be uh, current or prior employees of the organization. So that takes the bank president off because bank presidents are always on the board um, and sometimes other senior officers. But there, uh, uh, this one also, uh, I think, was uh, in part focused 